0: Hi, this is Pastor Ben Faglen from Bright Church. I'm so glad you're listening to this podcast. I hope this message inspires you, deepens your relationship with God, and that you're encouraged in your faith. We hope to see you soon at Bright. This morning, I'm going to be preaching on relationship. And the relationship I'm going to be preaching about specifically is our relationship with God. Seems pretty basic, but trust me, There's more to it than we may think. So, the title of my sermon is More Jesus Time, Less Busy Time. Say, More Jesus Time. More Jesus Time. Less Busy Time. time. Cool. At the start of 2016, I went along to Bright Young Adult Camp, although it wasn't called that then because we had a different name. And there were also some youth involved then then at the time, too. Um, But I went along to a young adult camp. And I hadn't been in church for ages at least four years. So spiritually, I was really dry. Have you ever gone through a season in your life where you just felt really spiritually dry and far from God? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I was in that place and I knew that this was going to be a really good idea for me to go along to this thing. But my flesh was trying to convince me that it was a bad idea because I didn't know anyone at church. So I knew that going along would be kind of tough because there was going to be a lot of awkward conversations and um, does anyone else here kind of struggle to go to an event when you don't really know a lot of people? Are you a bit like that? I'm a bit like that. I'm less like that now, but at the time, I didn't want to really want to go somewhere where I didn't, want, didn't know people and I had to make all of these new relationships with people. Anyway, I went along because like God was pulling me there. He was calling me there and in my heart I just knew it was the right thing to do and It's amazing what God can do when we give him our time. And over those two days, I gave him all of my time. And the four years leading up to that moment, I tell you, the devil had done a lot of rotten things inside of me and I was in a really bad place. But in the space of two days, God undid all that stuff Maybe not absolutely all of it, but a lot of that stuff. And it goes to show how incredible and how powerful our God is. And I just want to tell you that because I just want to remind you this morning that our God is a powerful God. And we can think that our past mistakes, God can't deal with it. Or some of the stuff going on in our heart and our lives, maybe He won't be able to fix it in a moment. But He actually can. He is a God of miracles. He can move mountains like we were singing about before. So if you're here this morning and you've got stuff going on in your life and you're not happy about it, I just want to encourage you and say that today that can change. You can leave here changed forever because that is the type of God that we follow. That is the type of God who loves us and looks after us and cares for us. But one of the biggest things that changed for me, that changed for me after this camp, was that I actually started intentionally spending time with God every morning. So previously, I believed in God. Um, I kind of saw Him as a far-off God. I never really saw Him as a close and intimate God. And I never used to intentionally make time for Him. But after that camp, things changed, and I started to do that. Why did that happen? Really? Because I had a revelation. And it was a simple revelation, but it was really profound, and it was this. If you want to know Him, you need to spend time with Him. If you want to know Him deeply, know His heart, know what He has for you, we actually need to intentionally spend time with Him. Because here is something about God that sometimes we don't really realize enough. And that is, He is relational. Our God, He he has a mind, He thinks, He has a will. He has a will for this world, He has a will for us. And He's also emotional. He's an emotional God. When He sees you doing well, He is over the moon. He is right in your corner, getting alongside you. When He sees evil stuff happening in this world, that actually upsets him. It really does. Because our God, he is an emotional God. Our God is a relational God. And just like us, God actually forms relationship with his people. And different people, you may notice, have different levels of relationship with God. And why is that? It's because there's a relational God. But when you look around and you see that some people have a deeper relationship with him than you, Do you think that's because he looks at them and he wants to know them deeper than you? No, it's because relationships are reciprocal and a relationship can only ever go as deep as one of the party members is willing to take it. So who here wants to go deeper in their relationship with Jesus? Come on, who here wants to go deeper in their relationship with Jesus? I know I do. And sometimes I think about my relationship with God and how close I am to Jesus. And I had a thought recently and it was, which is dangerous, I had a thought and it was, if Jesus was to write a review on my relationship with Him, right, I wonder if I would enjoy reading it. And I start to think about some of the things that may be written down. And this was one of the things, I'm thinking Jesus would probably say, Matt, I love your passion, I love your optimism. I love that you set your alarm for 5.30 a.m. in the morning with the plan that you're going to spend over an hour reading your Word and connecting with me and praying. That is so good. That is so awesome. But buddy, if you're going to snooze your alarm 10 times and get up at 7 a.m. anyway, then what's the point? You lack follow-through. Does anyone else snooze their alarm? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's another thing that may be written on my review. I reckon Jesus could say, Matt, your prayers, they're passionate. They're loud. They're great. But you talk too much. (laughs) In fact, you pray a prayer, then you're already on to the next thing that you're asking for. You're just chucking up petitions left, right and centre. I don't even have time to answer one of them. You can't even hear me over the sound of your own voice. It, does anyone ever do that with God sometimes? You're just like chucking things up there, throwing them up there for God to handle, and you never actually just sit and listen? I reckon that's something that could be written on a review that Jesus wrote about me. And here's the thing. Our God, he, our God, He's so relational, and He wants to know us. He wants to have conversation with us. He wants to go deep with us. And that's just not a good thought. That's actually in the Bible. Who's ever heard of Mary and Martha? Yeah, a lot of people have heard about Mary and Martha. So today we are going to be looking at these two ladies, these two sisters. And we're going to be looking at two stories. First, one from John and then one from Luke. So what I want to do with you right now is go to Luke and we're going to start reading. Oh no, not Luke, sorry, John. We're going to start with John, end up in Luke later. Um, So we're going to go to John chapter 11 and we're going to start at verse five, then jump to verse 20 and then jump again to verse 32. And we're going to look at how relational Jesus is and how he actually has a different relationship with Mary as he does to Martha. Now, just some context here. Jesus is close friends, family friends with Mary, Martha and also their brother, Lazarus. Now, Jesus has just heard the report that Lazarus was really sick and Jesus decided to wait a few days and then to come to the rescue. And that is where we pick up the story in verse five. And it says here, Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. Actually, no, I I did verse 1. I'm going to verse 5. Sorry, people. Do you forgive me? Do you forgive me? Thanks, guys. Verse 5. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Now, I just want to say this this really important point, and that is that Jesus loves everybody equally. He is in love with every single person, whether you've known Him your whole life, whether you've lived a life completely in obedience to His Word, or whether you've stumbled, whether you've fallen, even people, the person that you think is the most evil person in the world and you just don't want anything to do with them, Jesus loves that person. God loves that person. God loves everyone equally. If you ever question whether or not God loves you, I'm here to settle it for you. He does. He loves you. He loves everyone. But that doesn't mean he has the same level of relationship with everyone. So he loved Mary and he loved Martha. But let's have a look at two interactions, one with Martha and then one with Mary to get some insight into his relationship with the both of them. So in verse 20, it says this. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Now let's have a look at the interaction between Jesus and Mary in verse 32. If you got your Bibles, who has their Bibles in church? Brilliant, well done. Who has their phone? Just as good these days, hey. Verse 32. Now, when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Now get this. Both Mary and Martha said the exact same thing to Jesus. They both said, Lord, if you had have been here, my brother would not have died. Yet Jesus' response in both of those situations is different. Jesus is an emotional person. Jesus had a different depth of relationship with Mary as he did with Martha. The words of Mary and the situation, the environment, moved Jesus so deeply that it actually says here, he was moved in his spirit. I don't know about you, but I want to develop the type of relationship with God where my words, where my prayers, where my emotions move Him deeply in His Spirit. I want to cultivate that depth of relationship. Does anyone else here want to cultivate that depth of relationship with Jesus, where your words, where your prayers, where your emotions move Him deeply in His Spirit? So I don't know about you, but I'm not satisfied with a surface level relationship with God. And I think too often as Christians, we settle for that. But I'm not settling. I want to go deeper. Does anyone else want to go deeper? Come on, does anyone else want to go deeper? Well, let's have a look at how we can actually go deeper in our relationship with Jesus. So now we are going to trace back chronologically in time to an encounter that happened between Jesus, Mary and Martha. And by looking at this, we can get some insight into maybe why these two ladies had a different type of relationship with Jesus. So if we go back to Luke and we go to verse... 38 In chapter 10, we can start to read. And you've probably heard this story many times before. Has anyone heard the story about Mary and Martha and how Martha's freaking out and feeling really overwhelmed by everything? Have some people heard that before? Awesome. Great. I better do a good job on it then. Anyway, in verse 38, it says this. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. So this is the same Martha as we read about in John. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. I love what is said in verse 38. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Here's the problem with Martha. Martha let him in, but she never dined with him. And if we stop at letting him in, we will never experience all of him. I think as Christians, this is sometimes what we do with Jesus. Like we, we say, Jesus, come into my life, come into my heart. And we have that awesome salvation moment, that amazing experience. But then over time, what seems to happen is we forget that we have the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in our house and in our home. And we start to neglect him. Martha invited Jesus into her home, into her house. Great. Awesome. That's the first step. Fantastic. Well done, Martha. But immediately she got distracted by life and everything that was going on. And before she knew it, she totally lost sight of the fact that God incarnate, Jesus himself the Messiah was in her home and she was so busy with stuff that she missed out on an amazing encounter with God I don't ever want that to happen to me I never want to stop at the first step I never want to stop at just letting Jesus in I want to go further I want to dine with him does anyone here love date night does anyone here have date night there were not enough hands there come on men, let's do better um, but me and my beautiful wife, Amy, we've been married for about two months, so yeah, it's pretty, pretty easy at the moment. Um, we don't have kids and stuff, but uh, we, we love date night, and usually Friday night is the night where we go on date night, and um, if you asked Amy about what night she enjoys the most for date night, she would probably say when we go out for dinner, opposed to when we get dinner in and just sit in front of the TV and watch a movie. Even though, hey, I love just to get takeout and sit in front of a telly and watch a movie that I like. I love that, but Amy, she would prefer to go out for dinner. Does anyone have any ideas about maybe why that is? This isn't, yeah, you don't, whatever, rhetorical question. Um, <laughs> the reason why, why Amy really really loves that is because when we go out to dinner, we are put in a position where we need to interact where we need to have conversation. Perhaps it's just really weird and really awkward. Actually, when I go out to dinner, sometimes I see couples like in front of their phones the whole time and not even really looking at each other. And that is sad. And we need to pray for those people. <laughs> Hopefully you are not one of those people here today. Um, but when me and Amy, when we go out to dinner, we'll actually have conversation. It's awesome. We talk about our days, what's going on. And it's great. We're going deeper in relationship. I feel like when we have that encounter moment with God for the first time and become born again and everything, you know, it's, it's so easy to be intentional about spending time with Jesus and connecting with Him. But over time, we stopped treating Him like the amazing God and Savior that He was for us. And this might sound weird, but we kind of stopped taking Jesus out for dinner. I kind of feel like we stopped actually being intentional with our relationship with Him. We stopped making time for Him. We'd prefer just to go to Him when we have really desperate needs in our desperate hour, but we weren't intentionally make time for him just to connect, just to converse, just to go deep. And I would never want that to happen to to you. And I would never want that to happen to me because this is something that I've learned recently. You can only ever go as far as you have gone deep. And if we don't really bury ourselves deep into the Word of God, into God and our relationship with him, then maybe we're never going to achieve all of those great visions and goals that God has put on our lives. You see, Martha... Unfortunately, Martha got distracted by everything that was going on in that moment. She had Jesus come into her house, all his disciples. Man, those guys are hungry. They need a place to sleep. There are so many tasks, so many jobs that need to get done. And Martha was just so distracted with all the responsibility and everything that was happening that she stopped at letting Jesus in and she never really properly connected with him. There's a time to serve and there's a time to do what Mary did and sit at the feet of Jesus. There's a time to serve and there's this time to sit. Don't turn your sit time into serve time. Don't turn your sit time into serve time because that is what Martha did. Unfortunately, Martha was like an iron that was turned off at the wall. Like she can be working, she can be working, she can be working, but If she's not connected to the source, she's never going to get those crinkles out. And sometimes for us, we serve, we serve, we serve. We feel like we have these a million responsibilities that we need to do. But if we're never going to the source, if we're never getting back to Jesus, our serving, it's going to lack effectiveness and it's going to lack power. So we need to get back to God. We need to go deeper in relationship with Him. Mary did the right thing. What Mary did is she got at the feet of Jesus. And when you get at His feet... You'll go real deep. And the deeper you go, the more you will grow. You see, relationships are all about positioning. Mary decided to position herself at the feet of Jesus. Let's read exactly what it says here. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. Positioning is so important when it comes to relationships. I was out in the foyer before having some conversations with people and it reminded me of how positioning is so important when it comes to relationships, even conversations. Who was out in the foyer having a conversation with someone before? A few different people. I read something really, really interesting about this. And it says that the way that you position yourself when you're having a conversation with someone says a lot about that relationship and how deep you want to go in that. Little conversation that you're having. It said that, and this is going to, this could be a bit awkward for some people as they think back on the conversations that we're having, Um, but it said that if you are like directly opposite the person, standing directly in line with them, if your feet are pointed towards them, if you're making a lot of eye contact with them, you are subconsciously saying that you are in that conversation. You want to be there, you want to hear them, and you're not looking for an exit. But if you're standing like this, (laughs) and I do this a lot, I'm (laughs) I'm thinking about it now, but if you're standing like this and you're kind of, look, (laughs) getting some eye contact, but they're kind of looking away and then kind of looking back again and your feet are angled away, subconsciously you could be feeling a bit awkward, that's why you're doing it. You may not know the person that well and you may just be looking kind of for an exit. Subconsciously our bodies do this. Positioning is so important when it comes to relationships. How was Mary positioned? She was positioned at the feet of Jesus. Now, if I got down on the floor right now and sat at the feet of Anne, Anne would probably be like, what the heck are you doing? Like, that is pretty weird. Mary was at the feet of Jesus. And this was before hygiene was a big deal. And those feet would have been pretty stinky. Those are the Lord's feet. But he was fully God and also fully man people. So those feet would have been smelly but Mary didn't care. She was just sniffing it in, and enjoying it. Ah, Jesus. She was loving it because for her, all that mattered in that moment was Him, connecting with Him. She was hanging on every single word that Jesus was saying. She wasn't looking at the clock. She wasn't looking at her phone. She wasn't looking at the time. Sometimes we, we set aside time for God, but I mean, what if God wanted to go deeper and spend more time with us than the time that we scheduled into our really busy routine? When was the last time you actually got in the presence of God and didn't care about time? And didn't care about all the responsibilities and the stuff that you had going on? When you position yourself that way, you are going to go deep with Him. And remember, the deeper you go, the more you are going to grow. Now, Martha, unlike Mary, she hadn't positioned herself the same way. And because of that, she missed out on an awesome encounter with Jesus. Being at the feet of Jesus said something about your relationship with him in that time. It said that you were a disciple. If you were at the feet of someone when they were teaching, you were publicly saying that you were a disciple of that person. So when I read that, I think to myself, if I was in that room, man, I really hope I would have been at his feet. I hope I wouldn't have been the person leaning up against the wall in the corner. I hope I wouldn't have been the person at the back of the room, you know, too afraid to get close. Think, for your, think about yourself for a minute. If you were in that room with Jesus, how would have you been positioned? Would have you been at his feet or not? And if you're not sure, then maybe we need to figure it out because it's so, so, so important. This relationship with God, this thing is a journey. It doesn't just stop at saying yes to Jesus. It goes deeper than that. There is so much more to it. So at the moment, personally, when you read this, you think maybe you wouldn't be at the feet. Don't feel bad about it. That's cool. That's fine. But Jesus wants to go deeper with you. He has more for you. Martha was distracted. She was so distracted, so distracted, so preoccupied, that the first thing she says to Jesus The first thing she says to him after inviting him into her home, the first thing is a flip out. Events of frustration. She's like, what the heck, Jesus? Mary's just sitting there doing nothing. I'm doing all the work. When are you going to get her to come help me out? Can you believe that? The God of the universe is in your room. You let him into your house. Then you neglect him. Then you go to him and you have a go at him. Don't let your only interaction with Jesus be events of frustration. If, that, if, that, if every time you go to God, you're just going to Him and saying, Oh, God, this is going on in my life. That is going on in my life. God, help me. Come on. Man, doesn't He deserve a little bit better than that? God is more than just our waiter in the sky. Although we can go to him and ask for things and he wants that, he wants more than that. If you've made that your only means of interaction with Jesus, there is more to it than that, guys. There is so much more to it than that. But Martha was distracted. She was so preoccupied. She had lost perspective on her situation. She had totally lost perspective. I mean, she had God in that room, Jesus in that room, this famous prophet. This guy's going around healing people, doing incredible things. He's in the room and she's busy making nice little um, I don't know, biscuits with cheese. I I don't know what they had at the time. That's all I came up with just then. I was trying to think of something better. Nothing came to me. So she's making this nice food for Jesus when she could have been connecting with the Son of God. Sometimes we can just lose perspective. This happens to me every time I play golf. (laughs) Two years ago, I was, I was playing on a really nice golf course. It's called the Dunes, okay? This is a really nice golf course, and it was a beautiful day. I was with my mates. There were so many things to be grateful for, so many things to be really happy about. <laughs> but man, when I stood on that first tee and I hit that slice into the rough, I started to forget all of that because I couldn't find that ball. And I tell you something about golf. When you play on good golf courses, if you miss the fairway, or the green on a good golf course and you have to go find your ball in the rough, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I tell you right now. And I could not find my ball. That ball was lost. So I had to hit my third off the tee and then I couldn't find that one. So I just, you know, the classic golf thing, just walk around and just flick one out the back pocket. (laughs) And then uh, I had my next shot and then I was on the green, 10 putted. I didn't even know what the number was. You know you're having a bad day at golf when you don't write a number down for your score, but you write letters. DNF did not finish. And that is the worst way to start off a round of golf. And that day started so good. I was so excited to be playing on this beautiful golf course. I was so excited to be hanging out with my mates. It was beautiful weather. So many things to be thankful for. But I lost perspective real quick after I hit that slice off the tee. And if we don't catch thoughts when they first come, those negative thoughts, they can go wild in our minds. And before we know it, we've totally lost perspective on our situation. And that is what Martha did. She saw her sister and she was thinking, why isn't she helping me? Why is she doing that? Why isn't she helping me? And before she knew it, she was just so full of frustration towards her sister that she had totally lost perspective on the amazing situation that was going down, that God himself was in her house. That's what happens with us. All our responsibilities, all the tasks, all of the stuff going on in our life robs us of our perspective. And the crazy thing about this situation is Martha was frustrated at Mary For doing the thing that she should have been doing to ease her frustration. If Martha had been at the feet of Jesus, she never would have been frustrated in the first place. Why? Because she would have had perspective. And the thing is, if we stop spending time with God deliberately in our lives, it is so easy for us to lose perspective. It is so easy. And before we know it, we will make a massive deal out of things from God's point of view, they're not really that big. They're not really that, that massive. But Martha, she fell into the trap. She got it wrong. She had to go with Jesus. This is what she said. Not what I said. This is what she actually said. Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her. And I love what he says. Martha. Martha. You are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. One thing, one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. I think sometimes we can think that so many things are necessary in our lives, that so much of the stuff we are doing are things that we just have to do. They are so necessary. And in our minds, we, we just believe that if we don't get that thing done, if we don't do that thing, then our life is gonna crumble down all around us if we don't get that one, that, all those things in order, all those things right. And maybe once I get all those things right, all those things in order, then I can make time for God. Jesus is saying only one thing truly is necessary only one thing, but we commit ourselves to so many things. Craig Rochelle, who if you've never heard of who this guy is before, he is a big pastor in America. He has a mega church. Um, He's got thousands of people in his church and he does these leadership podcasts that we listen to as a leadership team. And sometimes I listen to in my car. Um, And one of the things he said recently, which really spoke to me, he said that for the modern day person, the problem isn't commitment, it's overcommitment. For a lot of us, it's not like we're uncommitted. And when we're asked to do things in church or outside of church, it's not like we're just lazy and we don't want to do it. No, we're committed to so much stuff. We have so many responsibilities. Martha thought that getting all that food ready, that getting the beds ready for the disciples if they were going to be over that night, that cleaning up the whole house, from her point of view, She thought that that was so important and that was so worth her time and she needed to be doing that. She had committed herself to that. But then Jesus comes in and He says, yeah, you think that is so important. You think that's an absolute necessity. But hey, actually, only one thing is necessary. Only one thing is necessary. We commit ourselves to so much stuff we actually become uncommitted to the one necessary thing, which is really, it's a massive bummer for us. It's a massive bummer for us. So the question is, what is this one necessary thing that Jesus is talking about? What is this one necessary thing that Mary was doing that Martha wasn't doing? The one necessary thing that we need to start doing more is making time for Jesus and connecting with Him. The one necessary thing is fellowship with Jesus. The one necessary thing is fellowship with Jesus. And when you get that one necessary thing right, when you put that at the top of your priority list, what will happen is everything else will fall into alignment. Everything else will fall into alignment because fellowship with Jesus should be our foundation. That should be the thing that we have in first in our lives. Clean out the diary, rub off everything, Put in fellowship with Jesus and then put in everything else. He deserves our first portion. Mary chose the good portion. She made fellowship with Jesus the number one thing and that was not going to be taken away from her. I don't know about you, but I want to make fellowship with Jesus the number one thing in my life. And I just have this belief in my heart that if I get that right, if I get that one thing in place, then I know... I know that everything else is going to be okay. I know that everything else is going to work out. Because how could I get that thing in line, in place, and then everything else crumble down around me? No, 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 that is the foundation. We get that right. Everything else will work out so well. Remember, we can only ever go as far as we have gone deep. You may have vision for your life. God may have spoken awesome things over you. And you may have these great ideas about what you want to do and the, things, the, things, the places where you want to get to. But remember, we need to, we need to make Jesus the number one thing. We need to go deep in our relationship with Him. And as we go deeper in our relationship with Him, our branches are going to be able to extend further. We need to make the number one thing the number one thing. We need to get back at the feet of Jesus. I want to invite everyone right now just to stand up. Hey, thanks for listening to the Bright Weekly Podcast. We hope you're encouraged today and we'd love to see you at one of our services. So to connect further with us, head over to brightchurch.com.